we've had the test case of the century outrage, views, opinions and more. But yes, there's still footy to be played. Welcome to the Footy Podcast. I'm your host, Will Hogan. And of course, we'll touch on the Braden Maynard bump ahead of his pending tribunal and possible appeal. We chat selection dilemmas at Melbourne with Glenn McFarlane. Plus, where to now for Brody Grundy? And of course, we chat to Chris Kavanagh on all things draft. Let's get into it. And we're joined by Glenn McFarlane. Macca, how's your day been? Going all right, Will. What about yourself? Oh, it's been, you know, rolling days yeah, of seriously what? arguments and debates it is. and Twitter and everything, opinions and it's facts. It's got a bit messy, hasn't it? It always does. We it talked we talked this offline, you know, yeah. there's the, the overcorrection on the night. Correct. And the, from the Collingwood fans and then Melbourne fans feel mm. like, you know, the mm. Collingwood have spoken a little bit too much then they go back and mm. then you've got past players and family and um, bottles of wine and flowers. Feels like that good old days, doesn't it's it? It's been a media storm. It has. And I, and I reckon that was probably going to be the case. I think someone said to me, I reckon at halftime on the Thursday night, yeah. is this going to be the story of the week? And I was like, absolutely, it's going to be the story of the week. So it's just fascinating, isn't it? And to see the reaction from, you know, whatever corner you're in, there's, there's no one in the middle, I don't think. Is there anyone in the middle? I don't think I've met a person in the middle and not sure what's going to happen because there's no, there's everyone's no, there's, got strong there's, opinions. It's the world we live in, Macca. There's no middle ground. It's black <laughs> or white. He's either a thug or it was an accident. You can't yeah. have it either way. Thank you. He's either going for 10 weeks yeah. or he should win a Brownlow medal. There is there is zero. No middle ground. That's, no, that's cause, society cause 2023. Is, life is binary. It's black yep. and white. There is no gray. Oh, that's that's why we love footy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're talking about Braden Maynard. Of course. But we didn't even mention his name then, did but we? But what we will say is we yep. can't go into too much detail Cannot. because we're speaking a, a Tuesday afternoon. Correct. And there's a tribunal tonight. There's probably yep. going to be an appeal Thursday, yep. whichever way the decision yep. goes. And there'll be the, the Supreme Court challenge on Tuesday and then the High Court. And, and Jeff Brown will represent, you know, you'll get all the legal bigwigs. So I we're, think... We're only half joking about the High Court. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it'll get that far. But I think enough people are good in their yep. opinion on it. So I think we can we can probably move on. Yeah, to, other than to say yes. it has been a monster, monster week. Yep. And I think the, the enmity between Melbourne and Collingwood... That's a good point. It's pretty strong. So I if think they get to meet pitch. again in a grand final. Oh, my goodness. Uh, because it, there used to be in the 50s and 60s, there was a lot of yes. angst between these two clubs. And then it went dormant for a long time, given that uh, given that Melbourne probably dropped out of the running in a yeah. fair bit. But I think it's back And it's, it's probably started in a few different elements, you yep. know, a bit like the Jack Watts goal Correct. on Queen's birthday, Jeremy yeah. Howe Jeremy moving. Howe. Yep. So, you know, so it has bubbled away a little yes. bit. but. Yeah. Back now, baby, I'll tell you. You're right. If there is a grand final and Braden Maynard is playing, holy moly, it's going to be be on on for young and old. Absolutely. It's a good segue into Melbourne, Macca, because you've brought with a bit of of homework about the losing qualifying final team. Tell us more. Yeah, it's been been interesting because always, I reckon there's always an overcorrection. The team that loses the qualifying final is always a team that, oh, they're going to lose next week. You know, they're battered and bruised or whatever you sort of forget that they're playing against the best of the opposition yes. and that's probably why they lose. But since the, 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 uh, the buy, um, it's probably been a bit more often that we've seen some mm. straight sets. Um, so there's that element there that we need to, we saw Melbourne last year yep. go out in straight sets and, and I think there'd be some people around thinking that Port Adelaide have got to be susceptible going out in straight sets this time. The two teams that are coming up against Melbourne and Port Adelaide are teams that have got a lot to play for and they're actually playing reasonably well. The Blues, maybe not as good as the, 
in in terms of the way they're playing as uh, as the Giants, but you know, a, you know, a Carlton team there playing against the Demons. You look at Melbourne yep. and you look at Port Adelaide. There's got some real injury issues with both, and Definitely. I think that's the thing we need to look at. Yeah, there's structural issues on both sides. Correct. They haven't figured out their best forward line set up. It's carbon copy, you know. It is. And so Port probably have too many options and, and just not the right options yeah. yet. And Melbourne just have no options. Well, that's the issue. Melbourne's, you know, cutting and pasting at the moment. That's yes. all they're doing because, you know, and clearly Brody Grundy's not coming back. Isn't no. He? You read the tea leaves there. And they're looking at alternatives, you know. You know, Brayshaw obviously out. You think Jordan is the is the ideal, you know, replacement to come yeah, I think so. through there, wouldn't he? And then you look at Van Ruin. What do you do there? That's the hardest bit. Is Daniel Turner the answer? Do you have Charlie Spargo coming um, into that sort of role? Clearly, there's no Brody Grundy being talked about, no. which is fascinating, I think. I have it? seen him linked in some elements. He has. But, there's been a few. It's going to be fascinating to see. But from what you know, our paper's been reporting yes. is that he just isn't in the mix. And we, we had some track watchers there at mm. Icon Park on um, Friday, yes. both in the gate and out of the gate. We got locked out, but that's another locked story. Out. You're locked out. Scott Gallen got there's locked out. There's a lockout. Um, but is that because of Media Watch's uh, hard hitting, cutting yeah, Media Watch column? They, they're just worried. Media Street, you know, sorry. Media Street. They're just worried that, you know, if Scotty's there, they'll, end up, it, Scotty. they'll end up. So, anyway, the ones that were yeah. inside the gate, mm. um, Spargo and Turner were the standouts. Yes and, yes. and Grundy played mostly ruck. Let me tell you here, because depending on what happens with Max Gorn, we know Max Gorn's got the toe issue. Yeah, I think uh, he'll play, though. He'll play. Like, yeah. he'll get through and play. But will he play in discomfort? Does that mean he plays less minutes in the ruck? That's going to be the interesting yeah. thing. Have you had a broken toe? Uh, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah. I've had I broken thought, fingers and yeah. hands and that, but not a broken toe. But, yeah, um, well, yeah, I haven't, so he, I don't know how he obviously was, that is. He was obviously carrying it into the, the game. Uh, on, you know, he was outstanding um, last week, wasn't he? Will you... We know where your allegiances do lie, in a sense. What would you do if you're if you're there and you're on selection? What would you do? So Brayshaw out, yep. Van Ruin out. What would you do? Yeah, I think Jordan is the yep. is the obvious in. Um, I don't think there's anyone else that could probably mm. fill that role as well as he could. And I'd just play Charlie Spargo for yep. Jacob Van Ruin, and I'd yep. just have a makeshift forward line. Well, I think they probably need to do that anyway because yeah. that forward line's not working. They they need and the, the big watch is is Bailey Fritch as well. I think he's a big watch. Yes, he's clearly not right. Um, I don't know. I've, he's actually a pretty good kick for goal. And that kick he did on the weekend that went out of bounds on the full was as bad a kick as you've ever seen. Yeah, it's a so there's point. a big watch on him. So it's not just, you know, Tom McDonald playing poorly, you know, first up. You know, he certainly looked really short of a gallop. It's not ideal. Because he's struggling. Um, gets enough of the ball, but he's just not just finishing. The lack of class, um, yeah. Port Adelaide's the interesting one. Uh, Giants were so good on the weekend. Uh, really, really good. Trent McKenzie came back out there as he saw. He's got some issues with that ankle. Dylan Williams has got the hamstring, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and Todd Marshall, there's a whisper around that Todd Marshall's still not right. And you saw the way he was kicking for goal on the weekend. Yeah. So they're, they're a fascinating watch because the, the Orange Tsunami, they are flying at the moment. Yeah, definitely. And it's probably um, an interesting one with Charlie Dixon and whether yes. he does come back and who goes out. Is yep. it Jeremy Finlayson? He's probably been the... Um, the yeah. disappointing one. And then they've got issues with, you know, Ollie Wines is playing on a half-forward flank in yeah. the middle. As, as Mark that, Robinson. I think their issue is their midfield is a real problem yeah. at the moment. I and mean, we didn't, it, never thought that was going to be a problem. It is we? a young so. midfield. So maybe it is the mm. the issue of playing, you know, yep. late in the season. Yep. And, and it forces... And who would have thought that issues? Jeremy Finlayson would have been on the cusp of, you know, potentially being dropped? Mm. I think Kane Corns was calling for him last night. He's he's in the mix to potentially be dropped. He was out in outstanding form only... You know, probably six or eight weeks. When he's ago. good, he's good, isn't yes, he? Yes, correct. And, and that, and I think they've just got to back that. I think you, you know you've got to take the had. good with the bad with you those do. players. And you if do. you do lose them, maybe you are yeah. losing them for that good game. And in fairness, they've played against a team that you know, look, Collingwood's premiership favourites, and I'm sure that's partly because of the MCG. 
the most impressive team of the weekend clearly was Brisbane. They were outstanding. There's whispers around that, you know, I think Port went into that game mm. knowing they were going to lose yeah. um, and, and just t- turn their focus to G- GWS. Uh, but, and perhaps that happened once wrongly, the game's lost, once the game's gone, about. once the game's gone and you know you can't get yep. it back, um, you know, they pulled and the sub – you know, at the wrong very, time. It yeah. was probably pulled it a little early in that sense. And, and I think um, they're confident, Port. They're, I think they're very confident, yeah. rightly or wrongly, they're going to beat GWS. Well, okay, that's a really – because I'm looking for tipping. I'm, I'm leading the tipping panel at the moment, but I'm only just hanging on there. What, what about the other game? What's your feeling on Melbourne Carlton? Yeah, I think I, I think Carlton win. For really? Sure. Yeah. I, Gee, I, I for sure. As, as mentioned, mm. mentioned that the issues at Melbourne, I think, is too much to yep. overcome. Mm. And I think the wave of Carlton will will win. Yeah, there and, you and, go. I was, and I was there for that that game. Mm. You know, after the big Matildas quarterfinal, yep. I think it was um, the famous the fa- goal, or was it not a Petrarca yeah, goal? Or that's not? it. And you know, Carlton were, were easily the better side. Mm. So I, I think they win. Um, but Maka, after the break, we're going to chat a bit of trade. Sounds good. I'm Andrew Rule, the host of the podcast A Life and Crimes. Here are some of the things that we've been talking about the last few weeks. The brutal truth is that when you start looking at it, they always kill or injure a lot more than each other. The professional hitman used to be a professional hitman. Evil strikes in all forms, but particularly as stupidity. Life and Crimes is available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, Macca, we spoke about Port Adelaide before, mm. and one player we thought was going there was Brody Grundy, but the winds have sort of changed in a different direction. It was almost a Landsberger wind. Yeah, it was. Sam changed, Landsberger on, on Saturday, yes. you know, dropped a big bomb that, did. that Sydney were now the front runner. Got to be careful when you're talking about Port Adelaide and big bombs. Yes. We know that they've looked at Oppenheimer well, and they've got to be very they've careful. another one, unfortunately. They've another one here. But why? We're not laughing. We're not laughing. We're being serious. You are, but... <laughs> why Sydney for Brody Gunn? Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, we thought that a week ago that, that, you know, there'd obviously been a meeting and we thought yep. that, you know, he's, Brody's from uh, Adelaide. But we know last year he wasn't, didn't want to go, go back to Adelaide. He, he loves his, um, shall we say, hipster lifestyle yeah. in Melbourne and the like. Sydney's got a little bit of that. It's Definitely. not quite Melbourne. And I think, um, uh, as Moneyball will report, yep. uh, that uh, Brody Grundy, that you know, the lure of Sydney and the lifestyle there is something that he's really strong on and thinking that's going to – and I think – I'll tell you right now, Sydney Sydney are all in at the moment. They are doing absolutely whatever they can to boost their stocks because they think they're not far away. Um, we saw them make a grand final last year. Still a young side. So Grundy going into a ruck there I think would be outstanding. It's the perfect oh, fit. It's a great fit, um, as would Port Adelaide have been. I think he would have been great. Port Adelaide are crying out. Does that mean Scott Lysette stays? What happens with Lysette now? Um, but I think Sydney, to it, would, it could potentially be, if he could get back to that All-Australian um, Copeland Trophy winning form, it would be outstanding for John Longmire. Um, and for the young Sydney midfield, they've got some older players, but they've got that young core in the midfield there. I think Brodie Grundy would be outstanding for them. It's a question without notice, Mac, mm. but is it your understanding it's more the lifestyle yes. that Brodie Grundy wants? Yeah, I think Sydney that's right. Adelaide. I think that's the feel that, um, and certainly that's what people are talking about, that that lifestyle in Sydney is attractive to Brodie um, and that that could, could and, and potentially will make a... Um, a big difference in what he's trying to do. So uh, while a week ago I would have been sitting here saying to you, and that's why trade is always fascinating, mm, isn't it? It moves quickly. And what it does do is that there's a domino effect for everything that yes. happens. So you think Grundy goes to Port Adelaide, where's Lysette going? What's yep. going to happen? 
now does Lysette stay? What happens there? We know that there are other clubs in the in in the hunt for a ruckman and that as well. What happens with Geelong? Geelong are looking for a ruckman as well. Um, it's a fascinating situation. Um, but at this stage, as we sit here right now, the Landsberger, Sammy Landsberger story was uh, brilliant on Saturday. And, and I think that the way it's looking, it'll come to fruition. Yeah, the domino effect is, is amazing. Another one that, mm. you know, is pricked my interest is just the, the full back. Yep. Merry-go-round. So like Brandon yeah. Zerk Thatcher yep. probably wants to go home. Mm. But then what happens if Port do get Sarva out of Galea and, and they still were in the race Correct. for Ben Mackay. But then Essendon might join yeah. the race for Ben Mackay. That means Zerkatha probably goes. But then if they don't get Mackay, yes. we well, reported last week that they might try and keep Zerk Thatcher. So, yeah, it's yeah. an interesting – I agree. The domino effect is – and certainly in this year, some, last year it might have been the ruck scenario, yes. the domino effect. This time it's the key defensive role. There's a lot of clubs looking for a key defensive role. We know Sydney has – Moneyball reported probably up to six weeks ago that Hawthorne were very keen – on, on a key defensive yes. post. Does that mean that they jump in late to the Zerk Thatcher scenario or there? Mackay. Or Ben Mackay, who may be heading towards Essendon. We still think that's a strong possibility. And if Sydney get Grundy, does that affect Ben Mackay as well? I think they've got a little bit of money in the both. cap. Because um, if they get Grundy and Ben Mackay, that, it's, it's too good gets, it is, isn't it? Um, it is. We, we sort of get a feeling that Essendon still very much in the frame for yep. Ben Mackay. Um, but, you know, as you know, with Grundy, like, you don't have to pay the full whack no. if you're Sydney. Um, and that's a deal that have to be done through, you know, through Melbourne in that sense. But we know Collingwood will still be paying Brody Grundy when he, if he's playing in Sydney next year. So that domino effect, I find it fascinating. Yeah, no, I think I that's do. the most interesting thing of the trade uh, the trade period. And I think we, Ralph, you know, did chat last week. Mm. You know, was it wasn't going to be a lackluster trade period. But I think mm. the storylines and how fast paced it is, it just can never be boring. No, well, the AFL won't let it be no. boring because they will try and have it go down to the to, and to you the can last analy- second. And we won't do it because you can always yeah. analyze a list. There's still a yeah. different way to look <clears> at a list. You know, yeah, it even is. when players aren't moving. It is. And I think the free agency period is probably a little bit flatter this year than normal. Yeah. Um, but I tell you what, Will, there's always something going on. And there'll be one that none of us have talked about that'll yep. come out of the blue yep. and will just shock the socks off everyone. I can't wait till you break that one. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Will. Have a good one. See Cheers, ya. mate. Bye. Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilant sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck to Parkley Prison. Listen to I Catch Killers early and ad-free on Crimax Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts. And for our dose of draft, we're joined by Chris Kavanagh. Cav, how are you going? Good to be on again, Will. Yeah, no, it's been a couple of weeks, but the names, they, they keep popping up in the in the draft. And our draft dossier was jo- jo- uh, launched sorry, last week. How many names we got in there? Well, we've got 61 at the moment. So that's all the players that have been invited to the National Draft Combine, which is coming up on October 4 to 6. So uh, we're actually going to update the dossier to add a few more names to that over the next week or two. But, uh, yeah, for now we've got 61 prospects and November's National Draft's coming up pretty quick now. It's, uh, yeah, November 21st round of the draft. So all getting very excited for that. So when you say update, does that just mean a few names have popped up 
when you've been making calls and there's been just a few whisper on a few different players, a few nuggets the AFL clubs are trying to hide away, but we've sort of got them and we'll, we'll put them on our website and people can read about them. Yeah, definitely a few little bolters that have, uh, yeah, come come on in the last few weeks. Um, yeah, back half of the year, maybe guys that missed national championships, but have stepped up in the back half of the year. One of them's probably Chu Jyath, who's uh, yes. brother of CJ. He's been going very well for Gippsland Power in the Coates Talent League. He's really pushed up. Uh, he's, he's a Hawthorne NGA prospect, so he's really pushed up in the last few weeks. He's potentially even in that top 40 mix Is now. Is that right? So Hawks could miss out on him? Potentially, yeah. They can't match a bit on him if it's inside pick 40. So, um, yeah, that's a bit of a worry for the Hawks, uh, the, the fact that he has bobbed up so yeah. nicely in the back half of the year. But, yeah, there's a, a few guys that have been invited to State Draft Combine that will – that uh, they're definitely in the mix to, to be drafted and we'll add them into the dossier as, uh, over the next week or two. And it was obviously the, the Coates League quarterfinals on the weekend. And one name that keeps coming up as probably the the big bolter into maybe even the top five of the draft is, is Riley Sanders. Again on the weekend, he was good. Yeah, he was outstanding again. I mean, he has been every week this year at all his school football, at the national champs with uh, the Allies, of course. He won the Lark Medal as the best player of the championships. And, yeah, he was great again for Sandringham on the weekend in their, their quarterfinal against Northern Knights. He had 29 touches, eight clearances, 10 score involvements, 10 tackles. Uh, he's a serious on-baller. And, obviously, there's still the North Melbourne connection, which we're not say, sure about yet. Uh, it still hasn't been ticked off in their academy. No. Um, but but it's music to the North Melbourne fans' ears, I reckon, just hearing those stats that you just read out. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's, he's pulled up stats like that every week. I think he had 185, 186 Supercoach points on the weekend. So it just shows it how, how outstanding he was. But, uh, yeah, North Melbourne fans will, will be getting very excited if the AFL do indeed tick that off, which we believe might happen in grand final week now. And, and as you said, so he's just a pure on-baller. Yeah. Where does he rank in terms of those prospects in the draft? Is there's not many pure on balls in that top echelon, or where does that sit? Yeah, there's um, there's a few. I mean, obviously, uh, Colby McCurtry's yep. Allies teammate, Tasmanian prospect as well. He's uh, he's right up there. But yeah, Sanders is a little bit different to McCurtry. Um, yeah, he's he's that more sentiment uh, yep. from from the olden days. Uh, yeah, it's drawn comparisons to like a Jason Horn Francis a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's a very good prospect. And then another one that bobbed up on the weekend was Ari Schuermaker, who's another Tasmanian prospect, 194 centimeter key defender, penetrating left foot kick, a really good one-on-one -on -one player. He had 205 super wow. coach points on the weekend. From the back line? From the back line, yeah. 32 disposals, seven marks and five spoils in, uh, in Tasmania's quarterfinal win over Gippsland. So he's another one that's, um, continues to push up. I think we had him in the, in the thirties in, uh, our rankings uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, yeah, he's he's still yeah, he might even be pushing a little bit higher than that now. Well, we saw last year. I guess that particular position is just in vogue in AFL world at the moment. I think Josh Weddle was Hawks really wanted yep. him. They grabbed him at pick eighteen or, or something like that. Yeah, so, did the swap with the Swans, of course. Yeah, that's it. So you you could see clubs that are desperate need for mm. key defenders that you know can kick the ball. He could be one they take. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean the top sort of 12 to 15 prospects in this year's draft is, is pretty set. And after that, it's kind of a needs basis of what clubs want. So yeah, it's, it's pretty open after that first round. Um, so yeah, you could definitely see him getting a little bit higher than, than the thirties, as we said. The yeah, question without notice cab, but between now and the, the November's national draft, who's the one player that's going to shape the, the draft? We've spoken a little bit about Nick Watson mm. and, and that sort of thing, but mm. who is the player do you think will cause a domino effect on the other clubs, especially in that top 10? Well, I think it's all about, yeah, what happens with the pick one, really, yeah. isn't it? So um, I, I think the rest of the top 10 is is pretty well set. Um, but, yeah, what happens with 
with where the West Coast tried that pick one and, and give it up to whoever it is. It could be a number of clubs, couldn't it? So, um, yeah, Harley Reid's obviously going to go at number one, we suspect. Um, it's just where. It's just where. So, and, th- and then that brings in the Daniel Curtin situation, how high he goes, where he goes. Uh, and then, yeah, the other guys up there are obviously Colby McKerchers, Jeb Walter will get a bid very early from Gold, that Gold Coast will match. And, uh, and yeah, there's a few other guys up there as well. And probably just lastly, what are the key milestones we need to look out for ahead of the draft? There's going to be testing days mm-hmm. still. Are there any more practice matches where people can see, you know, these talent on show? Yeah, not really. So the season's over for a few prospects, mm-hmm. including like Harley Reid, because Benigo Pioneers are out of the uh, the Coats League finals. So, yeah, we've got preliminary finals this weekend in the Coats yep. League grand final at Icon Park the following week. Um a draft combine, as I said, the national ones, October 4 to 6. The state yep. draft combines are after that. And then it's, uh, yeah, all club interviews are going on at the moment. Um, the, all the players are going through. I mean, they're still a lot of them are still doing year 12 studies at school too. So, um, yeah, they've, they've got a pretty busy schedule. But, uh, yeah, it's all, all happening the next couple of months. So it's fair to say the draft boards then for the clubs, they'd, they'd be nearly, you know, set at least the, the majority of the players who they want because – they won't be able to see them anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the interviews that they're doing with the players have a little bit of a say on that, yeah. but for the most part, most players have pretty much finished their season. So, uh, yeah, they know where they're they're going to go. Yeah, no, sounds good. And th- thanks, Cav. And for all the draft dossier, the Herald Sun website, it's got player profile stats, the whole kit and caboodle. Everything you want. So, yeah, get on there and have a look. Beauty. See you next time. That's all for today's show. Thanks to our guests, Glenn McFarlane and Chris Kavanagh. I'm your host, Will Hogan. For all the latest football coverage, head to the Herald Sun website, ahead of our live match coverage on Friday and Saturday, and Mark Robertson's tackle on Sunday night. See you next week.